welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 13 and 14 of Alchemy of Souls. Woo! I moved back to the States, and for some reason that made my mom's Netflix account not like that I was watching her Netflix account. So, <gasps> what if this is maybe our last Netflix drama? Cause oh, because dumb. the laws. Because yeah. of the laws. I can't afford Netflix. We'll watch Disney Plus. I pay for that. You can have my Netflix account. They might not let me. I'll transfer everything to your name. <laughs> uh, I'll just give it to you. Actually, you can just have it. You can just have it. Uh, I won't use it anymore. You can have it. <laughs> I'll just go back to Vicky. We both pay for that. Yeah. No, after you pay for after that. this drama, we'll do uh, we'll do maybe a, a stint on Vicky. I got a bunch of really really awesome recommendations i have been working through i got listener Ooh. recommendations on my call for oh, yeah. something pining and longing and um the only one that i have had time to start out of the recommendations i did get because i got two different listeners that emailed us oh. and both of them are my heroes because like you should see like the formatting i emily did see you being like the listener should see the formatting of how like beautifully like categorized all of the recommendations were in both of the emails and like they they gave me like descriptions of like how they fit the pining longing deal and i got so excited to watch all of them because it was like catered to something that i had been craving so much what? and the the only one i'd I've started so far was from the first email we got. Um, and it is, I decided to do it because I had heard a lot of good things about it, but had never started it or watched it. It's Fight for My Way. Oh, I saw that. Oh, I'm so excited. That's yeah. such a good one. It's so good. And it's so nostalgic because it feels very, I kind of forget that we've been watching K dramas so long that there's kind of a nostalgia to the eras of K-dramas, and yeah. it's very nostalgic to watch it and think back. It came out around the time we started watching K-dramas, and it has that very 2016-2017 K-drama feel of, of the... I don't know. I, I can't even necessarily describe what it was. Anyway, this is a lot of, of information here to say that I, I've completely lost the plot and we were, like, trying to do a shorter episode because it's late for both of us. <laughs> and it, it's just that that's on Vicky. There was, like, a bunch of the recommendations that I got were for shows on Vicky. And so maybe we can, like, toss a couple of these pining dramas on our next watch list. Uh, oh, yeah, you have more. Because to... there was an Instagram DM as well. I'm sorry. Oh, I was supposed to tell you that. <laughs> Here we are. I mean... I could, I literally could check the Instagram <laughs> DMs at any time. I just don't, and I should. And I love that there's more there and that I just, I have so many, like, recommendations to look forward to. I'm really excited. I forget that Instagram exists, to be honest. So. For the best. <laughs> but yeah, we have a huge list now, so... Definitely, we should make them. I will say I'm I'm pretty biased towards doing a horror drama for the mm -hmm. next one because it's spooky season. That's true. After that, we can go back to pining. 
Yes. We'll have to find a good horror drama on Vicky, because I feel like most of them are on Netflix. Uh-oh. What? I gotta get a job. I gotta get a subscription. I'll just give you mine. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to say it on air. Uh, they can be traced back. I won't give you mine. We buy you a new one. <laughs> we'll buy two. <laughs> Um, well, cool. I've been... Okay, I have one talking point, which is low, because I watched the episodes today. Me too. You would think I would have more thoughts on this, but my only thought, I thought the whole battle between Jang-uk and So-yul fighting over Mudok was kind of anticlimactic. The sword fight itself, very good. We loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved that it was this very good climax to Jong-uk's training and showing how skilled he had gotten and kind of showing everyone at the school that he had all these skills. I thought it was kind of weird that Soyul was like, but Mudok just pretends that he's still your master. Like, don't worry about me at all, babe. I'll see you around. What? I liked that aspect of it. I liked that I, so he fought for her, but at the end of the day, he doesn't actually own her. And I like that there was very much acknowledgement of that, where it was like, obviously you're going to do what you need to do. Don't worry about it. Like, this was because the prince decided that, you know, that those were the terms. Felt worth it. (laughs) It felt worth it to fight for you. But at the end of the day, you're your own person. Just because I won doesn't mean that you you can only see me or whatever. I liked that aspect of it. I I didn't fully know how to feel about the fact that they were fighting for her at all. Kind of on those same grounds of, of Yule being very clearly aware of her real feelings and who she is really. And so when he volunteered for the fight because it was for, you know, earning her as a servant or whatever, that sat a little weird with me. And it was actually redeeming that he then turned around and was like, okay, I mean, I won. So that's pretty cool, right? Eh? But uh, whatever. <laughs> I like your take on it. There's more of his knight in shining armor moment because I felt like it was the beginning of his villain arc where he mm. seemed to have come to the conclusion that Jang-uk and Mudok were on this very dangerous path to try and save her as this soul shifter and like try and find the ice stone and that he's like, I get where Jang-uk is coming from. I'm trying to figure it out, but literally everyone my whole life has told me that soul shifters are monsters and should be destroyed. I want to sit with that. I don't want Jong-uk to find the ice stone before he thinks this through. So I'm going to separate them. I'm going to make sure that those two are apart. And I I wanted him to be, or like acknowledge that that is a villain thing to do, that that's kind of his, his first step into the evil path and be like, I'm going to separate them. She's going to come to the fortress with me. And Jong-uk's just going to have to deal with it. Like, she's mine now. And it felt incomplete for him to be like, maybe she'll come to the fortress with me. Maybe it's just going to be some mystery person that nobody gets to know about. But you are your own person. You can hang out with Jong-uk as much as you want. You guys can go find the ice stone together. You do you, kids. 
Yeah, it was wishy-washy for sure. Like the way it played out and the way it was written. I think I fill in a lot of gaps in my head to make up for stuff because I do not want you all to have a villain arc because he doesn't get... And I know that's that's very reductive to say it's because he's not going to get the girl that he becomes the <laughs> villain or whatever. Mm. Because there is more to it. Like you said, he has a lot of layered feelings about being in love with this girl he knew as a child that soul shifted and there's a lot to reconcile for him there. So I don't want to be reductive, but that would be the trigger, I feel like, of he would maybe be a little bit more fine with saving her if it was to be with her. Maybe. Who's to, I, who's to say? that? I hope that he does not have a villain arc and he comes to believe in the cause. I just want more people to believe in Jungkook because I don't all the time. He pisses me off frequently. <laughs> but every once in a while, when we're setting him up to be practically a demigod who can master all types of magic in three days, there is a part of me that wants to wants people to be like, and yeah, we'll hold him accountable, but at the end of the day, we're glad it's him or whatever, right? I want there to be some level of we believe in Jungkook, and accountability is a thing, and that's important, but if anyone's going to be a demigod, then at least it's Jungkook or whatever, because at this point, everyone is so suspicious that at any point in time, this in, this person who's ga- rapidly gaining power will need to be crushed and murdered by the people who love him or have pretended to love him or whatever, and that's... I mean, if anything's gonna make him turn evil, it's probably that shit, because he's been dealing (laughs) with that his whole life, and it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Like, I feel like Master Lee is kind of in a comfortable space for me, where he's not fully like, I am scared of Jungkook, or I am just unabashedly supportive of Jungkook. Like, he can do no wrong. He's very much in the conservative I think we should teach him all the magic we know and just see what happens, camp. And I I like that. I think that's good. I hate Park Jin for being like, I have no faith in this child that I practically raised. Yeah. He will absolutely become evil and slay us all if he gets any more magic. Yes. Jesus. What? What? And then Dongu is more like, I don't know anything that's going on. I just love Jongook. That's that's <laughs> my whole thing. That I th- I guess I want more people to be Dongu. Is yeah. what I want. And I feel like a lot of the nameless mages at the academy are kind of in that space where they have no context. They're just like, whoa, he masters all of these things super fast. But yes, yeah, so you'll. I, I guess I don't want him to be a villain in so much as I think he could have a really epic bromance a la My Country, The New Age, where they're yes. just like two sides of the same coin. There's this philosophical debate around soul shifters, and Soyol is like, there is no saving them. I want to believe there is because the woman I love is a soul shifter, but I, it's my duty to kill her. And Jungkook is on the other side being like, no, the woman I love is a soul shifter, so we have to find a way to save her, even if that way is quote-unquote evil. Like, I'll do anything. I I think that would be really cool. 
And I totally understand if they chicken out and they're like, no, Sogyal just like flips teams and <laughs> they all overthrow Songrim together and say that the Ice Stone and soul shifting is not as evil as it seems. But I think that's a that's a cool bromance trope is like almost star-crossed. They can't be friends anymore because they have these ideals that are so opposed. I thought that's the direction we were going. It doesn't seem like it, so you'll really chickened out. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I'm team. Hopefully he just keeps chickening out because <laughs> I loved my country, the new age for what it was. But I remember being furious that they couldn't just be friends the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I would be so sad to see that happen again, where we spend the whole drama with these two people who should just be on each other's teams being not on each other's teams. Yeah. Um, mm, I get it. So we'll see. We'll see. The, I feel like the cliffhanger was, I don't, it kind of gave a little bit maybe of the direction they're going to go, where now Master Lee is a soul shifter as well. And oh, so you yeah. can't argue that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be very eye opening. I'm curious why he brought those three specifically with him. That interests me way more than the other cliffhanger they did, because you know I hate a false accusation. You know it makes me so nervous. I hate it. And it seems like, like, I don't know if this is my nervousness bleeding over from knowing how much you would hate it, just being like, it seems easy to resolve, where if they just ask the guy at the front desk, when did Mudok arrive? Yes. They would be like 30 seconds ago? I don't know. Is that yeah. enough time to overpower a full-grown man and kill him? And then hide the weapon? Huh? Huh? Have you ever watched My Favorite Murder? Have you ever listened to the podcast? Come on, Park Jin. Do your due we diligence. We give you too much credit because you're an <laughs> idiot. But <laughs> you're a goddamn idiot. Ask around. You will know that she has not killed this man. It's pretty easy to solve. Yeah. In fact, they walked in almost right behind her. Like, how did they not see her going up the stairs? <laughs> like, is there... I would get it if the show is like, there's missing time. She was in there for five, ten minutes. I would be disappointed, but that would make for a much better mystery than what we saw, which was, yeah, her slowly walking into the room. How did anyone not see her walk in and... By the time she finds the body, these guys are opening the door. Like, <laughs> give me the timeline. It doesn't look good. It doesn't work it out. It doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, but we know that Park Jin is the master of multiple forms of magic and jumping to conclusions. So <laughs> no oh, surprise there. I really I, dislike him. I hate him so much. <laughs> I just don't have any interest in... The only... There was, like, one moment where I was, for the first time, he believed someone when they said something, and I was surprised, honestly, when when Jungkook said, yeah, I wasn't actually lying, but there didn't seem to be any way that could shake out other than agreeing that I had lied, but there was definitely a soul, soul shifter, and it was definitely that dude. Yeah. And Park Jin's like, I get it. I saw the look in your eyes. I'm right there with you, buddy. Everything yeah. is sus. Which I I feel like they've set him up as an opposition to Jin Mu enough yeah. to be like, it's not really about Jungkook. It's more about him hating Jin Mu and being like, Jin Mu won this battle. 
he will not win this war. (laughs) But you want him to be a good guy and have a little faith in Jungkook for just two seconds. For two seconds. He never has in the past, but maybe this time we can give him... I don't know... No, probably no credit. You're right. It's because he hates Jin Moo. He hates Jin Moo more than he distrusts the son he raised. Good job, Park Jin. Look at the world you've created. What are you uh, doing? He's exhausting. He's so I feel exhausting. Like, are we supposed to like... I honestly, every time I watch the show, I feel like I'm supposed to like him, but the more I watch it, the more I question if we are supposed to like him or if we're supposed to feel exactly the way we do, because it's been pretty consistent that I've been sick of him. Yeah, but they give him... So many side stories, especially where I think if he was just this figurehead of Song Rim, where we don't know him very well on a personal level, but he just acts as the leader, then it might be easier to be like, I just don't like the guy. But they keep giving us these scenes, mostly with Maid Kim and now with Master Lee, where you're like, he seems they're trying to make him a person. He's three-dimensional now. I know him, which makes me think I'm supposed to like him because he's not walking around in the flowy black robes that all the villains are. But I don't like him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like him. I don't really trust him to do the right thing. I trust him. I trust that he thinks he's doing the right thing, but his judgment is so poor. Yeah, I was hoping that Master Lee would be a better influence on him. Where, again, that conversation where Master Lee was like, Jungkook is super powerful. I'm excited to give him every tool in my toolbox and see what he does with it. And I'll be ready to, like, stop him if he ever gets out of hand. Park Jin is on the other side of this conversation fully, like, I'm ready to pull the trigger. Like, shotgun is loaded. I do not trust Jungkook at all. Yeah. And for what reason? Right? He's never even given him a chance. He's never given him a chance. And then he walks around like he has given him all of the chances because he raised him. And it's like, quote unquote, raised him as maybe a slightly less absentee father <laughs> than his actual father. Uh But... He really hasn't, based on character, ever evaluated Jungkook. He has only ever evaluated him based on decisions Jungkook's dad made and things Jungkook's dad said. It's really weird. Yeah. Because Jungkook's fate, which seems to be what Park Jin is really... its That's the thorn in his side, is being like Jungkook's fate is to become the king and the most powerful mage, as as far as I understand it. And he's like, that much power can go to a man's head and really corrupt him, which, fair, but that's not part of the fate. The only thing mm. that the star said was that he could be king and mage, not that he's going to be evil. So I yeah. don't know what prophecies you are reading that have been different, but like, what? Why are you yeah. so skeptical of this poor boy? And it seems like a good opportunity to, instead of doing everything you can to squash any amount of life that he's able to muster up and will and 
I don't know, yeah, grit to to keep on keeping on. Instead of trying to take everything away from him and making him just resentful and pitiful and constantly having to fight for his life, what if instead you took the opportunity to be like, all right, this one's going to be really powerful, insanely powerful, dangerously powerful. So what we should do is educate him and enable him to have critical thinking skills and be kind and normal to people and understand that he has a really dangerous fate and he could be used as a weapon, but instead he can take control of that and be used and use his own powers for good. And I don't know, I guess to me, it just feels like an opportunity where a person is not their title And so if he's king or whatever, or fated to become king, then wouldn't you want to make him as good of a person as possible, just in case that fate really did come true? Wouldn't you want to enable him to be good? And yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just never understand the whole, we'll do whatever it takes to crush his character, (laughs) because that's the only way he won't... achieve the fate he seems to be achieving anyway. I don't know. If you believe in fate that much, it just seems insane to fight it. It, it seems more logical to um, handle it yeah, in like a different way. Yeah, like the odds in your favor. Yeah. Which, maybe it has been more tell than show, but I feel like you are describing so you'll like this person who has been raised under the direct tutelage of some of the greatest mages that Songrim has and has turned out to be very stout, a very big rule follower. He's like he's got the doctrine ingrained into his soul of this place. And I like is that not what you would want for someone who would be even more powerful than yeah. Soyul? And I feel like they've told us more th- I guess they've showed us quite a bit, but they've told us all the time that Jong-uk doesn't follow the rules. He's always been like someone to just do what his heart wants. He's very carefree. He doesn't care what other people say. He's going to do it his way. But I'm like, has he always been that way? Or did he become that way because you exiled him and said you can't do things our way? Yeah. It seems like you made him that way. Yeah, a whole new set of rules applies to Jungkook, and they are suffocating. You you have put suffocation rules on him. He's a rule breaker because he's out here fighting for his life. Yeah. I don't always like him. I think he's kind of a douchebag sometimes, but at the same time, I get why he is the way he is. Like, the reason he breaks the rules is because every rule that has been set on his life has been... The normal rules don't apply to you. These are your set of rules, and they are here to completely disable you from achieving anything, from living a normal life, from living up to a legacy that you're only allowed to hear about, but never allowed to achieve. Uh, Yeah, I just 
we could go on at length. We have talked <laughs> almost n- like zero percent about the episode itself, and just kind of gone on ranty vibes on about this one. Park Jin. Oh, I just, yeah. yeah, I just needed the validation. Me too, because I hate him, and I'm gonna keep ranting about him. Not right now, but like okay, as but we record more episodes. Yeah, because I do have a question for you. Uh, about these episodes and it is kind of it was all it was a very small like two sentences of what happened uh in the two episodes but it was very interesting to me jungkook's dad went quote-unquote dad that one guy um went to look for naksu i didn't which we know, didn't that. know yeah that was That's a big lore drop and we were given scenes where he says goodbye to Park Jin, and he's like, I'm not going anywhere, I'm just leaving my son. Yeah. It's one of those things that I feel like we couldn't have guessed, but it is wild. It is super, super wild. It is interesting to have all, like, in just a couple of sentences from Master Lee, have a big lore drop drop that his dad was pretty much best friends with Naksu's dad, and... That they all knew about her and looked for her, but then just kind of dropped off the radar and assumed she had died at some point, and then no one else looked for her for her except him, and he apparently left his own not son. He left a whole complication behind <laughs> to go look for her. Allegedly? I don't even Allegedly. know if I believe it, because he's such a weird guy. Yeah, that's another character where I know that they've kind of built him up as, you know, a a morally gray character, where it's like, he did some good things, he did some bad things, people love him, he is beloved, but he wasn't beloved by everyone necessarily, there was some some issues he was taken advantage of, but he also set himself up for being taken advantage of. There's, you know, there's like a lot of give and take, black and white, gray area with him. Which I like, but at the end of the day, I still hate him. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they will convince me not to, similar to Park Jin, where I just, that I have so many reservations, but that is a definite point of interest for me, that he might have actually been not just running away from some problems that he's some incredibly complicated <laughs> messy disgusting problems that he contributed in large ways to he actually might have been going on a noble to- journey yes what? yeah huh <laughs> yeah okay i this is a topic shift i thought you were going to say it was wild when we got a sentence from Jin Choyeon, when her father gives her a gift, she opens oh. it and says, oh, it's nothing malicious. And I don't know if that was a mistranslation. Yeah, that was weird. Or if I just, like, misread it. But I was like, does your dad give you evil gifts every birthday? What does that mean? I almost thought that it was some kind of weird Jin family thing where they have so many magical artifacts that she was half expecting it to be some big, like, magical artifact that she would have to, one way or another, she would just kind of have to, like, put it in the vault. Ah. Like, I read between probably non-existent lines on Malicious. Again, sometimes my brain does automatic backflips to just, like, fill in gaps. 
Because that was a really weird moment. And then her dad, it was malicious in the end. Like, Yeah, it was malicious anyways. Yeah, so in, in any case, it would have probably just been better if he was a normal dad who got her a weird magical artifact that she had to put <laughs> away in a vault. Because he's even worse than that somehow. He's so much worse. I don't really get his villain arc or his motivations except to like shut his wife up maybe but i don't like that dude and i don't get him um i i know we mentioned this briefly i really want to touch on just very quickly how wild it is that master lee is a soul shifter oh it is insane especially because he hangs out with the literal soul shifting dog spirit oh yeah who is just not around anymore but (laughs) That's cool. Outside, I guess. I hope he's good. (laughs) He's a spirit, so he's probably fine. It makes sense in that I I liked it because it was the first time that this show has explained something without introducing like more magic that we just hadn't heard of before. It was very like you could have put these pieces together. You could have guessed. Like, we introduced a lot of possibilities for why he doesn't age. But you guys could have guessed that it was just that he stole someone's body. Contrary to that, I will say, Hoyom, his student, instantly recognized him. And yeah, that would have been and a while much older ago. Than him. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Yes, yes same. I, all, I, you know what? I honestly thought it was just a lie oh really i I think he's bluffing (gasps) i think it is a still a different i don't i don't think he's actually i don't think there's enough evidence there that i think there's more evidence that he's using some other kind of magic like some other kind of magic is maintaining his youth Uh. then there is proof of soul shifting because of those things like his student who's much older than him recognized him he is the the soul shifting dog doesn't hate his guts. The only thing that I can think that I actually and even then there's no real proof of this, but I think it would be very interesting is if there was some kind of similar situation to what may or may not be happening with oh shoot, what was the older Jin sister's name? Buyang. Buyang. Buyang and Naksu inhabiting, like, two people inhabiting, two compatible souls inhabiting one space or something. It creeps something. me out to think that he could have taken his son's body and that's I, why that a student would it. recognize him, but that can't, that's too dark. Yeah, that's too dark and kind of layering on top of that, everything we've gotten of of him is that he does not do romantic relationships or sexual relationships. He is the chaste master. He drinks chaste tea. Which is to say that's not definitive proof that he hasn't fathered a child. But again, that's one of those things where if they've just thrown it in there to be in there, I would be a little bit annoyed if they were like, oh yeah, it wasn't romantic relationships, but he did fuck. (laughs) I'd be like, what? I feel like it could also undermine everything he's doing with Maid Kim. If they're like, mm-hmm. he's a soul shifter, he stole his son's body, he he's only uses relationships so that he can father another child and steal their body. It's like, 
this is a different kind of dark that we, yeah, yeah, can't possibly be real. You have to be right. He has to be lying. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's either lying um, and it's just some other adjacent magic that is keeping him youthful or there is something else going on where it's some kind of consensual soul sharing or like like souls like swapping or something i don't know i don't know what it is but i think it is not just your standard i've just been stealing other people's bodies type thing that doesn't make sense with what they've given us so far but i could be wrong it doesn't feel like it would move the story along in like i said it could make it really dark really fast but it doesn't feel like it moves the story in a good direction to yeah. have it be that he's just this really evil dude. It feels more reasonable, like you said, that there's all these other... Maybe there's more magic. I was happy to have an explanation that was not more magic, but he might be <laughs> the guy that introduces more magic and explains how you can live forever with either just chaste tea or two souls sharing a body or whatever. I guess we'll find out next time. They have such good cliffhangers. Oh my god. I was kind of mad that episode 13 didn't feel like the most wild cliffhanger. I was just kind of like, okay, next episode, whatever. And then episode 14 had an insane cliffhanger where I was like, (laughs) I have to wait. This isn't, this is not good for me. (laughs) Oh no. That's fair. I clicked on episode 13. We took our two week break. I was so excited to get back into it being like, they just had their hug. They escaped the the one petrified dude. And then it got even crazier with that guy coming back and the lightning bolt and all the things like they got resolved. It doesn't matter. I don't need to list them off, but it was a good cliffhanger and a really exciting moment to come back to. There's the face-off that Crown Prince came and saved Jung-uk in a moment that's maybe not romance, but definitely is in my fanfiction. Okay? Yep. Um, it was very good. And I, I liked the cliffhanger at the end of episode 13. I was excited by it, but I did think it would be resolved in the first five minutes. I was pretty surprised that they'd had a 15-minute rewind where they showed everything leading up to the fight, and then the fight was five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice to maybe swap that amount of time where they were like, all right, quick five minute. This is what actually is going on. And 15 minute fight. Because I wanted there to be a little... I get that probably those special effects are expensive. (laughs) But... You are giving credit where credit... Like, like you... You're right. They're expensive. But also... (laughs) The show could, the best parts of the show are the sword fights. They are, they're so good. It is two best friends who are the greatest mages at this academy facing off in a moment of like heartbreak and passion, fighting over their lady and fighting, like fighting their best friend. They've both, they're the only people in here who have mastered Chisu. Like it is an epic battle and they gave it no dues. They were like, we we honestly, we have the budget for the choreography. They always go off with the choreography. Yeah. We only have one water ball effect left for this episode. It's not that any more water ball effects are not in the budget. And 
No. So maybe show less of the buildup. Don't show him doing the water ball after the... I don't know if they actually did that with the golden fish. I can't remember, to be honest. He, I think he just said, did I just master Jisu? And then he just went and told everyone that he did. <laughs> and then he did a fight. Anyway, yeah, I agree, though, because the fights are my favorite part. I just love a well-choreographed fight. And I think that they've done a, a really cool... I will die on this hill. Someone could probably come to me and be like, I think the uh, effects look really stupid and it's not like I'd fight them. I wouldn't be like, no, they're the coolest thing I've ever seen. But I just wouldn't believe them because I like them personally. Yeah. I'm a sucker for their special effects um, for the most part. Yeah, like they've and... got the golden fish that you're like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. They've got the bird flying <laughs> back. And you're like, ooh, that's something. But yeah. then they've got the magic and that's so good. And I am a sucker for like a, I don't know if they're called B movies. They're probably A movies. Just like crazy action movies that maybe not everybody is a fan of. Give me Fast and Furious forever. Fast mm -hmm. and Furious 100. I'm waiting for it. Give me <laughs> Transformers. There. Give me all the Marvel movies you could ever think of. Yes. I don't care if there's any story to these movies because they're so cool to me. And that's all I needed from this fight was just like blow things up, two guys going crazy with their magic. Let's see who even survives. Yes. At least give us like 10 minutes, right? Just, just 10, 10 minutes. minutes. And they're like, no, he gets knocked out in two seconds, which if you're going to build up to something else, sure, I guess it can be part of the plot that like he will, he's not, Jungkook is not as powerful as Soyeol because he has not put as many years of training in as Soyeol has. But like, if you're going to set it up, knock him down. Okay, I want the big fight. I want the explosions. And I didn't Please. get it and I didn't like it. I agree. I wanted Thanks. more. I wanted more. I want so much more from... I want less tertiary romances, fewer oh, tertiary yeah. romances, and more choreographed fight scenes. Soe pining for Soyeol. I think that's cute. Very charming, very cute, her being like, I'm about to become Boo Yol, and then I can marry him. Like, it's dark, it's messed up, I'm so into that. That's a twisted romance. Um, I'm stoked for it. Cut out Park Jin, Maid Kim, and Master Lee. I don't care for them anymore, I've given up. Yep, yep, I don't care about their romance. Uh, if they show more of Donggu and... Shoot, I just, I guess I'll just never learn her name, but the younger Jin sister. Yes, Choyeon. If they sh show any more of that, I will simply 10 <laughs> seconds skip. <laughs> it was good this episode because they mostly had scenes that were productive for the story. Yes, uh, but I'm not interested in their romance at all. No. I want, I don't want that. I want fight scenes. I want more fight scenes. If we're taking suggestions from the audience less romance, which is not something I ever thought I would say, but less romance, more fight scenes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. I'm ready. Maybe a little less torture. Uh, I... Yeah. Torture's tough. I don't know why I can deal with, like, horror so well, where the soul sucking, the, the soul shifters, like, feeding on people and petrifying them, or becoming petrified monsters themselves. I'm fine with. I have no problem with that. 
But them cutting Soe's arm for some reason, I was just like, ooh, and then pouring acid on it. Like, no, I'm turning the show off. I do not do well with that. Mm-mm, I'm the same. I, uh, yeah. There's, I have become weirdly sensitive to stuff that I know I didn't used to be. I remember watching Game of Thrones like 10 years ago when it was first coming out and being just so into all of everything they gave me. And then, oh, recently, yeah, like that scene and, um, Craig was watching a show and just described a scene to me that was, even he had to look away and he's usually a little bit more sturdy than I am. And when he described it to me, I was like, oh, I've got to wait 15, 20 more minutes before I can go to bed and try and distract myself in that time. Because that is gnarly. That's gnarly. Yeah. I get, yeah, I get way more bothered and sad by torture and physical injury and when i man i love the lord of the rings films i've seen them a million times um there's a part where a guy cuts his own hand and these days i flinch at even that like i just something about it i can't watch people cut themselves or like be slowly cut this show kind of toes that line where they're like we are a pretty dark show they have really dark themes with the soul shifting they have really dark moments with people's souls getting eaten i think we mentioned in the very first episode the first five minutes is them taking a homeless child and almost sacrificing him to one of the soul shifters and it's like that sets a tone that shows where they're standing for this show like if you want to click off you can click off but here's what we're gonna do and for the most part it's been good but gosh, I don't know why. Some of the stuff I'm like, especially Soe, who has 0% of a story so far. I guess she's yeah. got 0% of Soe's story, which, to be fair, we don't know much about Mudok. Like, she freaking Naksu as Mudok got taken into Park Jin's office, and I thought that he would be like, this guy just explained your backstory. Can you also validate some of his facts by telling me where you grew up and what your life was like? And I don't know. I don't think she knows. We know no. nothing about Mudok or Soe, but at least Mudok now has a cool life. Soe, things have only gotten bad and worse. Yep, she's out here fighting for her life. Apparently, she's not a great person. She's just robbing villagers and stuff, but also doesn't mean she deserves to be tortured. Yeah, for the sake of just like surviving at this point, she's like, I guess I want to live, so I will live as Bouillon. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to pull this off, but uh, I kind of hope they do for all that she's being put through. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. The only silver lining is her weird little crush on Soyul, which can only be the worst kind of relationship, but it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute that she's just like, he saved me once, so now I have a big old crush on him. And now I'm in love with him. She's like any of us at 20. <laughs> <laughs> she's like any of us right now at 28 years old. I'm also in love with Soyul anytime he fights. Yeah, I'm in love with Soyul immediately as soon as he's, he's fight in a fight scene. I don't know why any other romance or character has any amount of romance because I only have eyes for him. Okay. Oh, magic. Literally. Well, literally? Can, yes, like literally? Because he has magic, you know? <laughs> you know. You guys get it. 
<laughs> did we cover all the major characters and the plot points, or did we just talk about Park Jin? I think we just par- talked about Park Jin, but we had to we had to get it out again. <laughs> it's had been to get two it out weeks. of our systems. <laughs> it's oh. been building up. <laughs> Oh, this is good for us. This is where we wind down. Yes. And if you guys have thoughts on... If anyone wants to take on the monumental task of convincing me that Park Jin doesn't suck ass, you can email <laughs> us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, good luck, guys. You can <laughs> always find us on social media. We occasionally pop on there. We're on Instagram at Podcast. On the app previously known as Twitter, at PlayOnK, and on TikTok at PlayOnK underscore Emily. Yeah, we also have our Patreon. Is it weird to do that next? I don't know. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash PlayOnK, where you can sign up. We do pre-show chats. They've been going longer and longer. We've got to rein them in, but we're not there yet. So if you want a whole half an hour of us just having a little therapy session together. Um, those are on our Patreon, and you can sign up and get access to those. We have our, uh, we have, like, one just, like, free access video on there from a bonus episode we did for Reply 1988. So if you want to check that out, that's also on Patreon at the the link I gave. Yeah! You can also find a button directly to our Patreon on our website, playonk.com, which has a place where you can find out more about us, you can find all of our past episodes you can sign up for our newsletter so you never miss when we start a new show and you can find links to all of our affiliates including one of our favorites soul box which raquel is still subscribed to, to to get the best korean snacks delivered to her door every month highly recommend go check out our affiliates at playonk.com yeah i think that's uh, almost everything. The almost. freest way to support us is just word of mouth. So uh, rating, reviewing, and subscribing, specifically on Apple Podcasts if you have access, but just wherever you listen to us really helps us out. out. It helps other K-Drama Podcast listeners find us. Yeah, thank you as always for listening. We'll see you next week with two more episodes of Alchemy of Souls. Yeah, K-bye. K-bye.